Welcome to the CSL Olympia podcast. In this episode, you will hear an opening prayer, followed by a talk. You can learn more about us at our website, cslolympia.org. Blessings. In my heart, what I know is that when I call good, good comes. I know from my own experience, when I connect into that truth that there is only one, one spirit, one source of everything, and that how that relates to me is that I am, if there is only one, I am of that. I know that is true. I know that all of us are of that one source, that one source which is the source of all creation, all good, all love, all joy, all yes. Because the law, the source, says yes when I put my intention into it. When I Excuse me, when I call. So today I call more love, more good, more fabulous. Or as we say here, fabulosity. (laughs) More laughter, more joy. And I know because of my experience that when I call it, it comes. I am so grateful to know this. I know I'm so grateful to be able to say the good in my life so far is because I called it. And because spirit, source, God, if you will, listens all the time and says, yes! (sighs) Breathe. Knowing that breath is God saying yes to life. Smile. Feel that goodness moving through your body, knowing that is God saying yes to life. It's good. It's fabulous. I am so grateful for that truth. I call fabulous, and it comes. And it's really, really easy. So in that sense of of ease, and grace, and joy. I release my word into that law that's listening all the time. We won't talk about phones. A manifestation of that physical truth. Spirit's listening all the time. I call good, and good comes, and so it is. We're working this month, and we're working this whole year on a theme called a grand rising. And uh, in certain communities, a grand rising is a, is another way of saying good morning. It's a it's a you know have a grand rising today. And so that's what we're playing with. We've been playing with it for this month. And today, like I said, is is our theme is feeling good. And so I'm going to look at this theme from two different perspectives. And the first one is. Uh, as an invitation, as a call to literally feel the capital G good that is always present 
the infinite good, this good that is a good without opposite, that is a spiritual truth, that is a spiritual way of being. See, in the world, we label our experiences as good and bad depending on whether they give us pleasure or pain, yes? Right? And so, but from the spiritual perspective, there's only this infinite good. And, and we usually use a capital G in this to distinguish it as a spiritual quality rather than our human experience. But it calls for us to let go of both our labels of what's good and bad and our perspective that life must work out the way that I want it to. Dang, I hate that last part, that I have to let go of that. And the superstitious old belief that there's some big guy in the sky sitting up there organizing, manipulating things down here and to test us or to teach us or for its own, I recently read this, maniacal purposes. Stephen Fry, the British comedian, apparently was interviewed one time. He's an atheist, and, and uh, he was, asked, he was uh, asked the question, if you could go ask God one question, what would you ask God? And he said, he said the question I would ask is, really, bone cancer in little kids? Really? You know, what kind of a God? It has to be a maniacal God to do that. <clears throat> Somebody tried to, um, he said this in Ireland, so I tried to charge him with blasphemy. But they, the case never went any further because they couldn't find enough people who were offended by the question. Isn't that great? <laughs> so we have to let go of that version of God. There's no big guy or big gal up in the sky or out there somewhere manipulating everything around that lets you have a disease and you not, or causes you to do this or causes you not. There's this infinite beingness, this infinite life, this infinite existence which cannot be against itself, because otherwise it would cease to exist. Yes? We were reading in our, our discussion group yesterday that there's no, the scientists have said that there's no energy in the universe that can be against itself. Energy always projects in a, in a motion, in a direction, in doing something. Shakespeare put it this way, nothing is either good or bad, but thinking makes it so. It's our thought, it's our assessment that, that makes that up. But often we're so caught up in our evaluation and our judgment of an experience. We have an experience, we judge it. Yes? Or our superstitious ideas about the, some, this version of God so we don't see past our judgment to the infinite good that is really already and always present. So the first part of this is about truly feeling the good. Not just as a spiritual or intellectual idea, but feeling it. Having a, a moment with that. Not trying to, to relate to something or not trying to take an experience that you say is bad and say, well, I'm going to reframe this so I look at it as good. No, 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 it's not that. You can have experiences you don't like, okay? We all have experiences we don't like, yes? Okay? But that does not mean that there isn't this infinite good always and already present everywhere. And so it's tapping into to that, rising above that, to that. And so we want to move it from being just a nice intellectual idea to truly experiencing it, that's easy for you to say, in our emotions and our bodies, 
Because without feeling it, it just remains an idea. Would you like the idea of chocolate or would you like the feeling and experience of chocolate? It's a question I always ask myself and the answer is always the same, you know? And we could go on for lots of other experiences. In spiritual mind treatment, when we teach that, we say that a thought plus a feeling equals a result. We have to energize that thought with a feeling. And so we're invited to, to feel it. So that's that first perspective. And then the next step, our second perspective, is to move this idea from this from a metaphysical idea to experience in and as the world. So we don't just dismiss the world as some veil of tears, as I used to hear it in the Catholic Church, from which we'll hide in contemplating metaphysical truths while ignoring the world. I'm just going to sit on my meditation cushion and I'm going to be so enlightened. And, so, and you people just suffer out there. We don't want to do that because that's not much different than waiting for our heavenly reward in some fantasy kingdom up in the sky when we die, yes? Okay. We're here to live in and as and express heaven, real heaven, on and as earth. Real heaven, a sense of harmony, a sense of happiness, uh, uh, being free from fear here on earth. We're here to live that out, to express that. There's a couple of sayings, one of which is, we are the ones we've been waiting for, yes? Yes? There's, we're not waiting for some savior, whether it's a religious figure or a political figure. We're here to be that. And then the other saying that I like is, be the change you want to see. Thank you, Mahatma Gandhi. Be the change you want to see. If you want a world that more resembles that idea of, of love and joy and harmony, be that now. I want to read the uh, introduction to today's talk theme. We have... Um, some, some recommended, there's, a, there's a, uh, a team, it's a bunch of miscreants. <laughs> I know because I was the co-chair of that team that writes um, the talks, rec- suggested talks for all the, the centers for spiritual living around the world. And people use them, don't use them, use part of them. I use part of them, sometimes I don't, uh, and stuff like that. But I, I loved how, how uh, this is Reverend Casey Taylor who wrote this. Uh, and, and she introduced this, and she also was the person who brought us to the idea of a grand rising. And she says, the Centers for Spiritual Living's vision statement is creating a world that works for everyone. This year, we're being invited to put this vision into practice by intentionally participating in a collective grand rising. Let's ask ourselves, what does a world that works for everyone actually look like? What action steps must be taken in our own communities to put this principle into practice? Notice that in our own communities, right here, not out there in Washington or London or you know, you know, wherever, right here. By Washington, I meant the other Washington, as they sometimes refer to us. Each one of us was born at this moment in history for a reason. And each one of us was drawn to the Centers for Spiritual Living for a purpose. You're all sitting here with me for a purpose because you all had a reason for doing that. As we start each day with a grand rising, we are creating a ripple across our communities. 
There are people who start each day with a grand descending. Ain't it awful? It's going to be more awful today. It's going to be even more awful tomorrow. Woe is me. We start with a grand rising. We start with a how wonderful is this today going to be. I get to create today. I get to create my experience of whatever happens today. This year we're being invited, she says, to step out of our comfort zones, lean into our healing work, share our truth, and co-create a world that works for everyone. And it feels so good. Breathe that in for a moment. So we ask the powerful question, how do we start creating a world that works for all? How do we begin to express more of heaven on earth? At his final talk at the, the last Silmar conference that he, was, that he attended in a, in a talk that was known as the Sermon by the Sea, our founder, Ernest Holmes, suggested this. He said, find me one person who is for something and against nothing, who is redeemed enough not to condemn others out of the burden of his beliefs, and I will find an exalted human being. Find me one person who no longer has any fear of the universe or of God, or of man, or of anything else, and you will have brought to me someone in whose presence we may sit, and fear shall vanish as clouds before the sunlight. Find me someone who has given all that he has in love without morbidity, and I will have found the lover of my soul. This is a guideline. This is the process. This is what is mine to be. He goes on to clarify, by the way, that he's not talking about going and looking for someone out there. He's saying, don't go to London, don't go to Rome looking for somebody. That these are actually aspects of ourselves. These people live within us. Can you repeat that quote again? The whole quote. Find me one person who is for something and against nothing, who is redeemed enough not to condemn others out of the burden of his beliefs, and I will find an exalted human being. Find me one person who no longer has any fear of the universe, or of God, or of man, or of anything else, and you will have brought to me something, someone in whose presence we may sit, and fear shall vanish as clouds before the sunlight. Find me someone who has given all that he has in love, without morbidity, and I will found the lover of my soul. Yeah. This lives within us. We are this in potential. These are the different attributes of our soul. Freed from the conditioning and the domestication of the frightened and superstitious world that surrounds us and calls to us like the sirens called to, to Ulysses, luring us onto the fatal rocks of their beliefs, but you and I know just enough to know to free ourselves from these old beliefs, yes? We know just enough to free ourselves from this old conditioning and bring something fresh and something new into the world. That is our call. If we want to see a different world, we have to bring something fresh and new, not based on old conditioning and past. And then we can start to build a world of harmony, of happiness and freedom from fear, that world of heaven. As we understand the oneness, the wholeness, the infinite good that is behind, within, and at the center of all forms of life, for it is life itself that is present, 
We are being called to drop the confusions and the illusions of our domestications and see, truly see, the good behind the surface of things. Do not get caught in this here, but to say, no, I'm going past that. There is something beyond that, and I'm looking to see it. The life, the oneness behind the multiplicity. Yes, there is multiplicity. We're all here, yes? But the truth is, we're all, as we said in the opening song, connected. We're all expressions of the same oneness. And as we see and understand and then experience and feel this, we can truly be for something and against nothing as we replace conflict and fear with love, wisdom, and peace. Breathe. Instead of spinning up more conflict and fear. Martin Luther King said uh, something to the effect, I don't have the exact quote, but it's hate cannot drive out hate, only love can do that. So, In this election year, yes, with its promise of lots of drama and conflict and fear, can we be for the real values that support a world that works for all? Can we be for the values of respect born from love, of harmony based on the understanding of our oneness, and a happiness based on an inner sense of a divine presence that's everywhere present, letting go of sides, Because guess what? A oneness doesn't have sides. It's not against itself. Can we use our presence in the world not to hide and avoid conversations that are difficult, but to be lights in conversations, whether in person or on social media, standing for values and not against any person? Breathe. Can we be willing to risk sometimes even failing at doing that perfectly? Can we not have to have answers for every conversation that comes before us that's based on a fearful, domesticated set of ideas? And instead, choose to live and embody our ideals without explanation, argument, or defense. See, everyone at depth wants more love. Everyone. Everyone at depth wants more harmony. A world that works for all. We may disagree on the how and the who, but everybody at core wants the same thing. We have the same values. We're out of the same oneness. Because we're expressions of this one life, and that life is love. It is wisdom. It is life itself. It is Activity, it is peace, it is beauty, it is joy, abundantly, extravagantly expressing. That's the nature of the infinite. And because that's what's beneath the surface for all of us, every one of us, yes, including that person that you think is separate from it, it's still what's beneath the surface. Those things that appear to be differences But the truth is, we really all want to experience and express the same thing, the same values, the same heaven, different methods, maybe, different ways. For somebody here, their idea of heaven might be strawberry ice cream every day. I don't like strawberry ice cream. 
chocolate ice cream every day. I'm right. Anybody else would be wrong, of course. The truth is that we all want to feel good. We all want to feel good. So practice, three practices this week. Number one, practice noticing and feeling capital G good. Notice it wherever you are. You know, I was sitting at the breakfast table this morning. I was looking out. I have some uh, uh, fruit trees that are outside in my backyard. And I noticed just the slightest little hint of buds on the branches. And it reminded me, first of all, of the life that is, still, that is always in the trees, that is growing and, and expressing in the trees. In the dead of winter, it's still, there's still life. Yes? Okay. There's a wonderful uh, Zen poet that I, uh, I love his, his poem. He says, I can't see them. Excuse me, I can't smell them. I can't see their pink. But I know in spring, they'll be on the branches. It's about cherry blossoms. I can't smell them. I'm in the dead of winter. I can't smell them yet. I can't see their pink, but I know. See, when we know that life is expressing, when we know that that good is there, even if I can't see it right now because it looks like the dead of winter, there's still something in me that knows that that life is there because I am that life in form. So practice noticing and feeling the good. That's the first practice. The second, then, is practice being for something, life, love, whatever, and against nothing. Breathe. So many of us are conditioned to be fighting things. We got causes, don't we? I got my position, and then you got your position over here, and it's different, and we got to fight it out. That's conditioning. That's not capital T truth. That's not the one life and the oneness. Notice where your inner conditioning shows up as rules about how it or they should be, or how you should be. And notice that I'm saying practice. I'm not saying be perfect. Right? We're all practicing this. And then the third practice is practice compassion with yourself and others. Practice compassion with yourself and others as you do this. Are you willing to play with those three practices this week? Noticing and feeling the good, being for something and against nothing, and being compassionate with yourself and others. I want to close with a quote. It's also from Ernest Holmes. And he says, Take someone who can worship God in the tree and see no difference between a saint kneeling in high ecstasy before the altar of his faith and the man who is drunk in the gutter. And let him apply his thought and feeling and all that he is to his conviction, and you will have discovered a spiritual genius. Let someone who can worship God in the tree see God everywhere. And who can look at, at two different people and still see them both as God in form, both as sacred whether they're high or low in their worldly experience. And then apply that to everything in his life. And you will have discovered a spiritual genius. I'm going to close with an affirmation. So join me in this. I am co-creating. Do we have it up? No, we do not have it up.
Yay. I am co-creating a world that works for everyone, and I feel good. Once more, I am creating a world that works for everyone, and I feel good. And so it is. Thank you.